Welcome into another episode of OESA's Automotive Insiders. I'm Jason Stein, president of Motor Minds and host of SiriusXM's Cars and Culture on Business Channel 132. Two constant topics are grabbing headlines within the industry and forcing a long-term reevaluation of all aspects of planning and business analysis at the supplier level. They're the topics of sustainability and sourcing. On sustainability, carbon footprint is a subject that all companies are grappling with as regulations change and as future compliance forces decisions now for a successful future. Sustainability leadership is being added at all levels of the industry in order to get a handle on compliance expectations and future requirements. The ideal scenario is one in which OEMs and suppliers work together to reduce a vehicle's carbon footprint. Many scenarios are under careful consideration. And on the subject of sourcing, the concept of reshoring is now a hot topic, especially given shipping delays, material shortages, and timing. Incorporating supply risk into the part cost and the quote process is a calculation analyzed with a great deal of interest throughout the supply base. And on this week's show, two executives provide their analysis of sustainability and reshoring. Ted Mabley is an advisor at Polaris Partner Management Consultancy, and John Monica is Portfolio Development Executive at Siemens PLM Software. Both are here today to provide their perspective and analysis of the world today. It's carbon footprint impact and supply risk on this week's OESA's Automotive Insiders. Well, gentlemen, it is wonderful to have you on the program. I'll say hello to Ted Mabley first. Ted, how are you? Welcome in. Jason, thank you very much. Doing well. Thank you. And thanks for being with us as well. John Monica, how are you, thank sir? You. Thank you. Doing well myself. Uh, thank you very much for inviting us. Excellent. Let's start off. Sustainability is a very hot topic throughout the global automotive industry. We we hear this on a regular basis. It is... Uh, it is a goal that that every company is is striving toward, and and is and is a philosophy um, that that has um, far-reaching implications in the entire industry. Obviously, adding a lot of staff uh, to address the need for reporting at both a vehicle level as well as a parts level. And of course, this audience here on the supplier side interested in uh, in all aspects of it. Ted, let me start with you. What are you seeing as it relates to sustainability? Yes, <clears throat> thank you, Jason. It's been a very interesting journey because sustainability—the term—it seems to be changing, uh, if not weekly, you know, almost at a daily basis. So clients are trying to get their arms around. So does, does this include cradle to grave? Is it cradle to gate? You know, what's going to be the whole impact? But yes, we're seeing the same things in terms of there's a tremendous amount of pressure as well as interest, both from the shareholders, from employees, and customers. So it's it's nothing that's going away anytime soon. John, your thoughts on, on my opening question? Yeah, so, so I'm with Siemens, obviously. And so what we're seeing a lot of or hearing a lot of is um, more, more around the realms of meeting compliance requirements in the future. So and focus specifically on automotive suppliers. So our, not that we're trying to take away from anything else, but compliance really becomes in meeting that compliance uh, is really becoming the the major topic of focus with a lot of our customers and potential customers. And Ted, there's a lot of uncertainty around what's to be expected or required in the near term. And there's one region leading the way. Tell me about that. Yes, uh, Jason, the, the industry uh, uh, tends to be following you know, the direction of what's coming out of Europe. 
So um, the Europeans have been extremely aggressive on trying to set up what will these standards be, what do they look like, um, what kind of information is going to be available to, to, be, to document and, and also to, to trace and do an audit, so to speak, in terms of what's going to happen with this carbon footprint. So we're seeing um, Europe really taking the lead in many of these attributes. And sustainability leadership has become a real focal point for many companies, right? And I think that goes back to what I said at the opening. The organization that's needed to address the need. You yep. agree, Ted? Yes, I do. And so I think you're, you're, you're going to be seeing more and more structure come out of this as well as the definition starting to be much more clear down to the supply chain. John, what is Siemens doing in order to address this issue? So what we've actually been doing is working with the EU and the development of a specification around the methodology for carbon footprint calculations. So we've been working with them for two years. Um, we've taken that methodology and brought that spec into our, our costing tool, product cost management, so that um, when when uh, that combined with the data we supply allows the company to, to balance the cost of a product it went against the carbon footprint score for that product. And the focus is really around cradle to what we call cradle to gate, which is if you look at an automotive supplier, it's all of the carbon footprint scoring that goes up basically to their dock or to their customer's dock. So the, the full expectation is that in the future, when uh, suppliers ask for a cost or a price for a product during the quotation process, they're also going to be asked for a carbon footprint score. And so we, it made sense to us to put the two of them together so that when, if there's negotiations that take place down the road or, or conflicts, those two can be balanced against each other very quickly, cost versus carbon footprint. So, so John, when you consider the requirements of the auto industry in the future, what's your major takeaway? Um, we, uh, there's still a lot of gray area, a lot, a lot of um, questions trying to be answered right now. But in our perspective, we want to make sure that our system or our methodology meets the needs of our customers, meaning focusing right now on the tier one suppliers or tier two suppliers within the industry, what are they going to be expected to provide? And it is that that um, defensible uh, carbon footprint score to be matched with price and mm. and all the complexities that go with that. How do they, and I mentioned the word balancing before, but how do those get balanced against each other? Uh, what we see is, uh, basically a target being given out and at the OEM level, maybe at the vehicle level and the, the uh, OEMs then being forced to work with suppliers to both hit a, obviously a pricing score or cost score as well as carbon footprint. Yep. And okay. Ted, I'm proud of a good idea that um, we're seeing as well as your suppliers are starting to put in their RFQ uh, documentation. Uh, they would like not only to get obviously the, uh, cost and, from the supply their supply base, but they're also putting in information there for the suppliers to put in their CO2 data. So again, it's not just um, uh, something coming from an OEM level, it is now right today coming from several um, European-based uh, tier one suppliers. So let's switch to a, another topic that is uh, e extremely um, topical these days, and that is the idea of reshoring or inshoring, I've also heard of the U.S. auto industry. And that, the idea of sourcing parts and materials, tooling and equipment back to North America from low-cost country sources. I want to ask both of you what you're hearing from OEMs and suppliers. And John, I'll start with you. 
Okay, so so we work with, I mean, I talk to maybe 150 companies a year, mostly in the automotive industry, mostly at, mostly at the supply level. All of them that consider, consider themselves global companies, they're all looking, not if they're not purely looking at reshoring or insuring, what they're doing is re-examining the cost of their products and incorporating a risk factor anytime they ship across an ocean or anytime they're bringing something in from Asia, what was considered a low-cost country in the past to... Uh, let's say the US or North America. So they're becoming what I'd call much more re realistic in their risk assessment of what could go wrong. And it could be anything from shipping delays, material shortages, everything we've we've experienced over the last three years. Pipeline value gets captured now, um, as well as the impact of carbon footprint that we just talked about, mm -hmm. right? Because you're, you're making decisions for carbon footprint score, which will be impacted if, if you chase it to a lowest cost country, or and your carbon footprint score comes up, or or um, how do you balance those two together? But but for a lot of factors, not just purely under the category of reshoring, but the impact of it is by increasing that risk, um, <clears throat> the risk assessment. They're uh, in effect they are reshoring in their actions. And Ted, you actually have a narrative that's changing. It's uh, just in time is changing to just in case. Tell me about that. That's what's yeah, that's, that's uh, seems to be the case these days, Jason. Is that as you know that you know having just enough for uh, for whatever your your weekly or even daily demand is uh, that has been completely interrupted based upon all the shutdowns that you've seen from a global basis. When I think the last um, numbers that were being bantered around in the media was that there's somewhere north of 400 million uh, people in China that were under some sort of a severe lockdown, and that means. They couldn't go to the factories, they, the ports were closed, everything was closed. So now you're looking at, well, companies moving from having that razor thin inventory to saying, what if we have you know, a week, a month, two months of supply on hand? What does that do from a manufacturing point and also from a risk management point? Yeah, I'd like to add to that if, if I could. In addition to that, their, their companies seem to be much more open to what if contingency planning. So. In the past, somebody might have been laughed out of a conference room for bringing up a potential of, let's say, a chip shortage even three years ago. Today, um, companies are much more open to what could go wrong and what do we do in light of in, in the possibility of that going wrong. So, Eyes are a bit open, right, John? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Ted, so, uh, final thoughts from you on the idea of incorporating supply risk into the part cost and quote process? Yes, if you look at you know where things have been in the past, um, it's always been extremely, you know, uh, basic in terms of uh, you know, OEMs are looking at what's your burden cost, what's your manufacturing cost, what's your labor cost. Now you're looking at other parameters that are coming in that, uh, quite frankly, we haven't seen. And if again, if you look at dovetailing uh, this entire cost equation along with the the carbon issue, now you look at it's not just the cost of that diecast component. It's the cost to manufacture the aluminum of that diecast component. What does a cost now and carbon footprint look like transporting it from, from the Asian market to, to North America? So again, that, that carbon footprint comes into the costing equation uh, substantially coming forward. John, the final word to you. Yeah, so <clears throat> one thing I'd, I guess what I'm seeing a lot of is a lot of variation in the way risk factors are, are calculated or, or quantified. Um, what I'm trying to do is, and what I profess and what I try to do is make, make people aware 
of what other companies might be doing. What I think is really needed is sort of a forum, a risk forum to um, commonize what these factors are, at least have companies consider stuff that they may not be considering today. Mm-hmm. So and, um, I think there's a great opportunity for that to, to benefit the entire auto industry. Plenty of lessons and a, a lot to think about as the as the world changes, both in terms of reshoring as well as uh, the impact of sustainability. Thank you both for being on the program and providing so much insight on two very important topics. Thank you very much. That's this episode of Automotive Insiders. Remember to follow the program wherever your favorite podcast appears. And thanks again to Ted Mabley, an advisor at Polaris Partner Management Consultancy, and John Monica, Portfolio Development Executive at Siemens PLM Software. And thanks for listening to OESA's Automotive Insiders. I'm Jason Stein. We'll talk to you again next time. 